Let us pray. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. 1 Peter 4.10 Dear God, I seek your guidance today. You make me a better person, because you see the light and potential within me. Father, encourage me to be honest, genuine, and compassionate toward others. Allow me to speak and show my truth so that I may rid myself of any bad behavior. Please help me to communicate my weaknesses with you so that you can continue to encourage me to be stronger and grow in my faith in you. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's daily prayer. For more inspiration and an incredible message from our feature pastor, stay tuned to Pray.com's Sunday service. Welcome to Pray.com's Sunday service, sponsored by Altrua HealthShare. Follow this podcast and listen weekly to receive godly wisdom and practical advice for daily living. Stay tuned for Sunday service, coming up after a quick word from our sponsors. There's an innovative, better way to find health care. We're Altrua HealthShare, an affordable and flexible way to take care of your family. We're a community of like-minded, health-conscious individuals who share in each other's medical needs. And you can customize your health care your way with Altrua HealthShare. You can build your membership based on your season of life and your family's needs. Head to myshare.org to find out more. That's myshare.org. Altrua HealthShare, where we care for one another. Friends, have you ever had an encounter with King Jesus that just changed everything? I mean, there's like before that encounter and then after that encounter. I've had one of those and actually I've had a bunch of those, but there's one in particular that I'm going to be sharing with you today that totally rocked my world. It changed my life. It was over 30 years ago and there's still a third part of it yet to be fulfilled and this thing affects every single one of us. Hello friends. I'm Troy Brewer, and I'm the senior pastor here at Open Door Church in Burleson, Texas. And on today's episode, guys, we're going to be looking at something from the past, the present, and also the future. Something prophetic. You're going to love this. This is the Open Door Experience. Outstanding. Well, welcome, my friends. Call you guys blessed. I'm going to be talking about a very serious subject tonight, but I'm going to get into it. I'm going to show you something biblically that's really, really, really serious because there are times when God shows up and says, the party is over and this is a big deal when you know it. Now, I prefer, you know, not Moses. He shows up, touches the water, it turns into blood. And that is the party is over. I prefer Jesus, and he shows up, touches the water, turns into wine, and says, the party is on, right? There's a big difference between Moses and Jesus, and it's the difference between the ministry of law and grace, and I totally get all that. But I also want to say, even in the midst of this great day of grace that you and I live in, and guys, we need to understand grace, we need to love grace, we need to know what grace is all about, uh, people are critical of that, and I do not care. I really and truly don't. 
uh, people, you seem like to me, you got like a mega grace message. Well, I don't know a minimal grace message. There's nothing minimal about what King Jesus has done for me, nothing. Absolutely nothing. And either I'm in or I'm out. And if you're in, but you say I'm in until I can't control you and then I'm out, go away. Amen. And that's what people who hate grace are all about. They tend to be 50 pound heads who are like, you know, I know a better way for you to live and they're just going to control you. And that's what they want. Try and control this brother. It ain't going to happen. And that's why I don't control anybody else. I'm not a control freak. I'm a Jesus freak. Amen. There's only one place in the body of King Jesus for control and it's called self-control. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit, and the devil has none whatsoever. He has no self-control, which makes me so happy. That means if he don't want to get mad, he still has to get mad. If he doesn't want to get frustrated, he still got to get frustrated. Dude, I like that. I do. It, 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 it makes me happy to think I can make the devil upset. Like, man, I hope I get on his nerves. Man, you do know the hell will talk about you, right? You know, you're actually supposed to be famous in hell, and everybody's like, no, I want to stay off hell's radar. Oh, no, I don't. No, no, no. The Bible says that when it comes to these guys, this guy by the name of Sceva, Sceva had him seven brothers. He had, he had him seven sons. And they decided, hey, man, they're going to learn the magic words, and they got 50-pound heads, and they're going to come in and control the environment and control the situation because they're religious. And that's what religious people do is they control everything. So they thought that would work on the devil, and they showed up to this brother who is possessed with the devil, and they say, okay, now, in the name of this extra gold cross, and in all of my doctorates and all of the letters that follow my name, in the name of Jesus and in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches, you got to do what we tell you. And that devil looked at those seven boys and said, I've heard all about Jesus. I've heard all about Paul, but I've never heard about you. In other words, Jesus is famous in hell. Paul is famous in hell. But we never heard of you. And then the Bible says, not long after that, see, we get a biblical version of what happened. And it just cuts to the chase and, and gives us the G-rated version and says, and they left there naked and wounded. Yeah, yikes. He's like, oh, no, 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 you don't, you don't have any control here. It's always shocking to religious people when they find out they cannot control something. Man, I don't know if you guys are in a good mood tonight. Like, if I'm talking to a bunch of religious people, I'm sorry to hurt your feelings. But if you know what I'm talking about, just say, that's what I'm talking about, right? Because it's the truth. It is absolutely the truth. And guys, we just don't have time for it anymore. We really don't. So I'm a grace guy, and I am a non-controlling guy. I'm a let's go, let's go, let's go guy. I really and truly believe that in the New Testament, you have a green light until God gives you a red light. In the Old Testament, you have a red light until God gives you a green light. That's illustrated in the wilderness. You can't move unless you see God move. But once they went into the promised land, he said, go until I tell you to stop. And God defined those borders. But man, you got a big green light until God gives you a red light when it comes to your new covenant in Jesus. Now that I've said all that, let me just tell you that there are times in the midst of you walking with God and in the midst of things and you're just going about your business, doing your things, God shows up and says, I'm not fooling. You have crossed a line. And he will do that. And you're like, whoa, I don't even recognize this, Lord. I don't even know what the heck's going on. I'm going to tell you what's going on, and I'm not playing with you. You've crossed this line, and you better not cross it again. You'd better heed the warning of the Lord when the Father shows up like that. Like, well, that's just too hard for me. That's crazy that that's too hard for anybody. You know what, man? I've got, I've got seven grandkids, 
and my seven grandkids, I are intentionally, I've intentionally made them all spoiled brats because I want to torment their parents, which are my kids, and in righteous retribution for the hell that they put me through. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Um, I will tell you this though, man, when my kids are growing up, I actually, I actually felt like, man, my kids have got to be somebody. They have to accomplish certain goals, certain things have to happen, certain things can never happen. Um, with my grandkids, I just feel like I've got to be somebody. And I like that transition because my grandkids only know me as this guy. You know, they only know me as the papa that so many other people know. You know, they didn't know us the way, they don't, they don't know me the way that my kids knew me growing up. You know, they didn't, they didn't know me in my 20s, you know. Megan knew me in my teens. My oldest daughter did. So it's like, man, they, they have known me like that. They know me like this, and I just want to be that cool guy to them. It's really good. But I want to tell you this. Recently, I was in a swimming pool with several of my grandkids, and we were all playing, and we were having a good time. And one of my grandboys clocked me with a ball bat in the face. And I'm talking about clock me. Okay. Just because he's little, and we were having fun, and he just thought it'd be funny to not me unconscious, and that's how you think when you're little. Okay, I didn't get mad, I didn't get upset, I was already being rough with him, and it was like, oh, game on, pow, you know, it's like, oh, I didn't even see it coming. And so my nose was bleeding, and I'm like, okay, look, here's the deal. We don't hit Papa in the face with a ball bat. And this is a Papa rule, okay? Let's all talk about Papa rules. We don't hit Papa in the face with the ball bat. And then I'm going to tell you, he laughed, and then he clocked me again. <laughs> and then we came to a Daniel chapter 5 moment where the writing began on the wall. And I was like, okay, I'm not playing now. You're about to see a different side of me that you have ever, ever seen before. If you hit me with that ball bat again... I given you to, and it ain't gonna happen. And he's like, Bleh! started crying because I had to bring my wrath down and say, okay, now this is serious business. We ain't doing this anymore. God Almighty is a good father, and He will still do that with you. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how good your walk is. Man, you need to allow. Listen, you are a child of God, and He chastens His children, and He will step in and just go, okay, man, you crossed the line here, and I'm not playing that. I'm not playing with you on that anymore. And I think a lot of people that are new to the grace message don't understand this. And I think that a lot of people that understand this do not understand the grace message. And all of it is part of knowing God as a daddy. And it's because we have a daddyless generation that people don't understand this. So we got to help each other and we got to teach each other, right? So I was just, re I was just mentioning Daniel chapter 5. And Daniel chapter 5 is such a great place. Um, I love Daniel chapter 5. If you guys have your Bible, please open it up to Daniel chapter 5. And Daniel, who is absolutely amazing, um, he's walking with God. He's done incredible things. And there's actually a great transition of power from the Medes to the Persians. And it's actually taking place here. I want you to know that not very long, um, at about 400 B.C., the prince of Greece showed up by the name of Alexander the Great. It happened a long time after this book was actually written. 
And he did show up exactly as, I mean, Gabriel knew all was next in line. It was already in the spirit. He says, okay, now that we've dealt with this Persian, and by the way, they're falling now, okay? This whole empire, the Medes, right? This whole thing, you know, you got the Babylonians, you got the Medes, and you got the Persians, and then you have the Greeks come in, and then from the Greeks, you have the Romans, right? It's good, guys, just to learn the secession of these empires and how God moves in the midst of all those things. I actually like the progression of things. I like understanding seasonal things and Moedims. So this guy is in there and you need to know that, that while Daniel is there, he's going through this transition of power. And Daniel chapter five shows the night that it went from one kingdom to another kingdom. And it has to do with the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar and he's in there. Now these Babylonian jokers, they were no joke. They were into human zoos. The very first zoo that there ever was. So let me, let me back up. If you've ever heard about one of the great ancient wonders, the hanging gardens, Nebuchadnezzar's hanging gardens, was because they were, so into, they were so into collecting things that they literally had this incredible place of plants from all over the world, and they figured out how to make them live in the Iraqi desert. And it's like, you could go there and like, yeah, you see this plant here? That comes from Texas and we wiped them out. You see that plant right there? That comes from Mexico. And by the way, we wiped them out. We just collected their finest plants and flowers and that's called the hanging gardens. Right on. We also had a human zoo. And the Bible describes the human zoo as whenever Nebuchadnezzar would actually conquer another nation, he would collect people from royalty, but they had to be good looking, they had to be bright, they had to be smart, they had to be super educated. Then he would kill everybody else, and the people who didn't kill him haul them off into slavery. And then he would move those captured people from the royalty of the nation that he had actually conquered. He would move them into his palace as part of a human zoo. So that when you showed up to his house, he'd say, hey man, you see this guy? Daniel, come here, buddy. And he's like, yes, he'd come. And he'd say, Daniel, um, see, this is Daniel. And his family was royalty of a, of a group of people that's called Hebrews. These are, the, these are the Hebrew species. And I'm God over all of them. And look at how beautiful they are. And look at how cool they are. And they're super smart. Hang around these cats. Prophetic, dude, they're awesome to have. And they made Daniel a part of a human zoo. Do you know that? I can just imagine the stories that, that he must have told in front of Daniel to other kings that he was threatening them. Hey, your kids will end up in my zoo if you don't do what I tell you to do. Amen, are you guys tracking with me? And I can hear one of those stories. Oh man, I gotta tell you about, I gotta tell you about this dude's uncle or whatever he was to Daniel, which I don't know, but this guy by the name of Hezekiah, it's not the famous Hezekiah, it's just another guy by the name of Hezekiah. And uh, here's the deal, I caught him and I drug him out here and his two sons. And I told him, hey man, you better give up your kingdom. He wouldn't do it. He decided to, you know, oh, he thought he was tough. Oh, I went in, I, here's, here's the lesson I taught him. I brought him all the way here and it was a good day. I walked out there, told him I was God. And then I said, take a good look at your boys. And then I slit his boy's throat in front of him. And then I poked out his eyes so that the last thing he would ever see was his boys being murdered. That is in the Bible. tell you like well I don't I, okay God only shows up like that in the Old Testament I'm telling you 
even though I'm a grace guy and I am a Jesus guy and I am a lover of Jesus guy and I'm a passionate father God guy, I'm telling you, God will show up sometimes with a word of judgment and the proverbial writing on the wall takes place. Some people see the writing, but some people see the hand. Amen. And so this principle is so real. This thing is so real. I'm gonna tell you, I saw something one time back in the 1980s that was the equivalent of this for me. I've seen some scary things in the Lord and I've seen some scary things in the world and there have been some times where I've really been scared. And I don't like to be scared. I don't enjoy being scared. Uh, I don't entertain myself in things that scare me. I do stuff that exhilarate me. That's what I do. And I don't like to be scared. Some people do. Some people think it's a lot of fun to be scared. I don't. Now, I don't mind scaring other people. I think that's funny, but I don't want to be scared. So, <laughs> so I'm going to tell you a story and tell you that this is a prophetic story. It's a vision. <clears throat> and whenever you say it, whenever you tell somebody you saw a vision or God told you something, you run the risk of, of people thinking that you think that you're hyper-spiritual, and I do not think this. As a matter of fact, when I'm, when I'm about to tell you is I wasn't looking for this. Just like that night that Belshazzar was in there, they were having a party, they were doing their own thing, and God showed up out of nowhere, and this amazing prophetic thing happened. And one, one thing shifted to another. I actually had that happen to me, and it was a tremendous word of judgment. It was not a word of judgment against me, praise God, but it was something that God wanted me to see knowing that I was going to have, years later, a worldwide global platform to speak. And at the time that this happened, uh, I was barely not a teenager. I was in my, I was in my lower twenties. I'm 55 years old now. So I've been carrying this word for a long, long time. And I can also tell you that whenever this event was over with, I went and told my pastor, Pastor Jim Maxwell, who is still my pastor to this day, uh, one of the finest examples of a human being I've ever come across in my whole life. I just love him so much. Um, and he said, you gotta get up and you gotta preach that. And I stood up behind his pulpit on Sunday morning and it was the very first message I ever preached that I didn't have a guitar in my hand. Uh, I had led worship and done stuff all over the place and preached a lot with the guitar, but it was the very first time, I turned, the very first time in my life that I got up and looked at a live, thriving congregation and went, the Lord God spoke to me and I have to tell you what he told me. Now, I've thought about that recently and haven't ever thought about it before recently that that's kind of like, if it's my first message, then it's, it's a big deal. And it's still a big theme in my life. Amos chapter three, verse seven is a real famous scripture. It says, surely the Lord God will do nothing unless he reveals his secrets to his servants, the, prophet, um, um, the prophets. So the prophetic realm, and all of us in here can operate in the prophetic realm. You do not have to be a prophet to operate in the prophetic any more than you have to be a pastor to be able to teach somebody or lead and feed somebody. So there's the operation in these kinds of gifts and then there's the actual office of it. But God, I wanna just tell you this, God Almighty reveals secrets prophetically. Do, you, do y'all know that? Do you believe that? Okay, um, 
there's another famous scripture, and I want to just tell you, like, like, like prophetically, when 9-11 happened, and it's t- actually tied into all this, um, there's a scripture that is Amos 9-11, and as soon as that happened, as soon as all that happened, I went, okay, I know that this is actually a 9-11 thing. It has to do with Amos 9-11, and I'll revisit that in a little bit. I'm just going to get past all these scriptures here, and I'm just going to get right off into it for the sake of time and just tell you that this is what happened. And I want to tell you, um, I really hope that you'll believe what I told you. I also will tell you, I don't blame you if you don't believe me what I told you. If this is not in your realm of how you hear God speak, But I would also like to state this, that up until this time happened, up until this happened, I didn't know that God spoke like this. Have you ever had God show up in in a way in your life where you went, I didn't know you did that. Is there anybody here that's ever done that before, that God has showed up and really surprised you with how he interacted with you and something he said or some cool way he said it or something and go, dude, I didn't even know that you did that. Right on. I want to tell you, if if God has been completely predictable to you your entire life, I want to encourage you to go after him in a different way. And like, well, I'm kind of scared to do it. I totally get it. Like, okay, if you're going to ask God to show up in a radical way, guess what's going to happen? Like, okay, well, I don't want any trouble with God. That's not trouble with God. That's knowing your daddy. Amen. If you seek him in a radical way, you'll find him in a radical way. And I would encourage you guys to continue to go after the Lord. So I was going to Fort Worth, and I don't know what for. I was driving down I-35. I was heading north. Um, minding my own business. I'm probably doing 70, 80 miles an hour like I typically do, and I'm cruising down the road, and I'm doing, 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 doing. I had a 1970 Ford, Ford, uh, Ford pickup truck that I had named Ned Pepper, and Ned Pepper was driving me down the road, and uh, he's the bad guy in True Grit. I don't know if y'all know this. is very helpful information for everybody here watching, I know. And I'm driving down the road, minding my own business, everything is cool, and I went underneath a bridge, and the bridge is on I-35, and from the moment that I went underneath this bridge, all of a sudden, everything shifted for me, and I had an encounter with the Lord, not one I was seeking after, not one I was looking for. I, I was just driving, and all of a sudden, this thing happened that I'm about to tell you, and then I can tell you that as soon as I came out from underneath the bridge, which took maybe less than a second for me to drive underneath the shadow of that bridge, I had about a three to four minute encounter with God that in real time only took place in probably a second. So I had three or four minutes of information given to me in a very short amount of time. Am I still in a safe place? Okay. I'm not hyper-spiritual. This is not how I, I mean, I, 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 I don't know what to tell you except for to say this happened. So what happened? As soon as I went into the spirit, I'm just driving, and boom, I'm no longer aware of me driving the car. I am aware of this place, and there is a dude standing in front of me that kind of like has a hoodie on, and I can't really see his face. I'm aware he is an angel, he, and and I, he never looked me in the eye. He was simply looking down at this thing that he was holding in his hand. And it was a stick that was about this long. It was square. It was a square stick. And he was holding it out like this right here. This way. This black stick that had four different sides on it. And I knew as soon as I saw it, I knew it was a measure It was specifically measured, and I also knew that it was a measure of judgment. 
And then, then while I was watching, he did this. He literally grabbed it by the end and he pulled it up so that it became twice as long. Guys, he did this. And then it was twice as long. And then he grabbed it one more time and pulled it over again, and it added an additional third to it. So as soon as I saw that, I saw him do this, this prophetic act, and I saw it, and it was like there was hinges in his stick somehow, and he pulled out two other parts of it, and it was something that was gonna happen in three different stages. And I knew, I just knew all this information even though nobody had ever told me. So as soon as he showed this to me, as, as this was happening, simultaneously, I saw something that looked like New York City. And New York City, you know, this, this was a dream I had in the 80s. And um, at that time, you know, computer graphics were, you know, kind of space invaders. They were, they were just silhouettes of things that you could see all the way through. Do you guys know what I mean? And I saw New York City that actually looked like that. You could see directly through it. But I could also see a line that represented the ground. And I could see below the ground. And I could see above the ground. And I could see at ground level. I could see what was going on below the ground. I could see what was going on. And I could look at it like this, just like you could with a computer. I could go around. And I could look like that. And then it settled in front of me. And all that happened in an instant. And I knew it was Manhattan. I knew it was New York City. And then he's holding this thing in front of me. And whenever he held it in front of me and I looked at it and realized it was a measure of judgment, I saw a bomb go off below the ground and none of the buildings fell. And I will. Then I saw him take this stick and open it up twice as much. And as soon as he did that, I saw above the ground a bomb go off and some of the buildings fell. And then when he opened up the third different way, I saw a bomb go off at ground level and all the buildings fell. Well, it got my attention. Now, as soon as I'd seen all that and understood that and there was some other information that was with it, I came out of it as fast as I had gone into it. And I was aware I was driving and boom, I was out of the shadow of that bridge and I looked in the rear view mirror to go, I was just thinking, what's going on, what's happening? And I saw it says Seminary Street. It was the shadow of a place called seminary. God's like, I'm taking you to school, boy. Pay attention. Y'all know Seminary Street that crosses I-35? Right on. So that was, it was like, here is wisdom. Amen. So I'm like, well, oh, I freaked out. I called everybody new. Nobody ever had that happen before. Troy, you been doing shrooms? No, I've never done shrooms. Okay, well, you been, and I'm like, no. I, I wasn't high. I had, a, I had an encounter with the Lord. And then finally I got with some people go, yeah, that's, that's called a vision. That's, that's an open vision. That happens. And they're like, come on, man. Don't you ever have Holy Ghost flashcards? And I went, yes, I do have Holy Ghost flashcards. Anybody understand the language of Holy Ghost? Where just kink, kink, just, okay, the Lord just shows you something crazy. And I was like, huh, yes, I do. And they're like, okay, it was just like a lot more than that. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, how come... How come everybody around me doesn't know about this stuff and what all is all this? I'm like, oh, they just won't get everybody's approval if they tell anybody. It's no big deal. Just if the Lord showed you this, you need to do something with it. I told Pastor Jim, Pastor Jim said, get up and preach that word this coming Sunday. And with my pastor sitting on the front row, I was just shaking. I was so nervous. Very young man. And I got up and told everybody. And then I led everybody in this big prayer and said, man, we need to pray for America. 
Well, guys, there's a sobering word with uh, severe consequences. We have to be the kind of people that stand with God Almighty and we declare that, man, we are one nation under God. I know that this is being seen all over the world, but this is something that affects all of us. I'm believing God for his goodness and I believe I'm gonna see it in the land of the living. I'm also praying for New York. I'm praying for the United States of America. Guys, listen, we have to team up together. Being a team is really what the kingdom is all about, being a family, all of us being together. I'm always about teaming up with ministries all over the world and seeing what we can do to help them rescue boys and girls out of sexual trafficking. And friends, in the midst of doing all this, recently I've come across some amazing stories. Watch this. Hello friends, this is Troy Brewer from ODX TV. Now friends, I'm actually in our second generation now of rescue kids, meaning a lot of the kids that we rescued when they were little bitty, they're grown up now. And you know what? They are fighting the fight. A big part of this transition is to actually move them out into a place to where they are doing the kingdom stuff themselves, where they're becoming doctors and lawyers and nurses and advocates, and they're doing that. And guys, can I just tell you, I need your partnership with that. There's so many girls that are waiting right now for us to take care of and send them into college so that they can see their dreams come true and their prayers answered. Now, go to odx.tv and donate now and let's do this thing together. Okay, I love that story. I love testimonies. Um, I get a front row seat for this kind of cool stuff all over the planet Earth as we save boys and girls out of sexual trafficking, as we take on hell with a water pistol, as we dig water wells, as we, as we take in orphans, as we just do the thing. And I love it. I mean, I, this is what I do all of this for. Friends, I'd like to invite you to partner with me. I'd like to invite you to help me make a difference in a way that Really and truly, you, I don't even know how to measure it. I mean, what are the metrics of one person saved, much less tens of thousands of people? Do you know how you can do that? You can go to odx.tv. odx.tv is a brand new platform that we have that is all things Open Door Church and all things Troy Brewer Ministries. You can find all my sermon notes there. You can find all kinds of content there and all kinds of brand new channels. And friends, whenever you partner with me, it's gonna be my free gift to you. Simply go to odx.tv. All right, friends, that's all the time that I have for today. And until the next time I see you, I call you the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, and highly favored of the Lord. Bye-bye, everybody. The podcast, The Bible in a Year with Jack Graham, is a moving and inspiring biblical audio experience that will help you master wisdom from the world's greatest book. In each episode, you'll learn to apply biblical principles to everyday life. Each cinematic episode is a journey through the Bible's most profound stories that will strengthen your appreciation of the Word and inspire you to keep learning. Listen to The Bible in a Year with Jack Graham on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.